0: Welcome back to The John Morris Show, a podcast for freelancers, web developers, and online business owners navigating the chaotic world of technology and online business. If you're new to the show, be sure to visit johnmorrisshow.com to subscribe on iTunes, Android, and TuneIn, and find past episodes of the show. And last but not least, as a podcast listener, you can get free access to my entire curriculum of freelancing and web development courses with the exclusive two-month free trial of Skillshare that I can give you. All the details on how to get that are at johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Again, that's johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Now, let's get to the show. The John Morris Show. Hey, John here. Welcome back to another episode of the show. So this one, I'm going to talk about how to start a blog to get more freelance clients. So I just want to kind of dive right into this. The first thing I want to cover is why. Why would you start a blog to get more freelance clients? And I think Gary Vaynerchuk, who's built two $60, 100 million businesses off the back of the internet, social media, and creating content, I think he sort of sums it up the best. He says producing content is now the baseline for all brands and companies. It literally doesn't matter what business you're in, what industry you operate in. If you're not producing content, you basically don't exist. And if you just look around for a little bit, like content is sort of the lifeblood uh, of the internet. And so if you're not producing it, you're really not even playing the game. And and so uh, it's a hundred percent true. And it's not just His opinion, I'm going to throw a bunch of stats at you that sort of back this up. There's been a bunch of studies on this and I'm not going to reference all the individual studies, but I'll just sort of throw these stats at you uh, and then we'll move on to how to actually do this. So 69% of people bought something because of a tweet, 94% plan to make a purchase from a business they follow. If you pick content marketing against paid search, which is something uh, that's one of the objections I get a decent amount of as well, I'll just do paid search. But if you pit content marketing against paid search, content marketing gets three times uh, the leads per dollar spent. So you're just going to spend a lot less money with content marketing. Almost half of 18 to 49-year-old people get their news and information online, and those numbers are growing. Small small businesses with blogs get 126% more lead growth than small businesses without. After reading recommendations on a blog, 61% of U.S. online consumers made a purchase. Content marketing rakes in conversion rates six times higher than other methods. This is something that I talk about specifically with your related to your services sales page. That the more context you can create about yourself before someone gets to your sales page, the better that sales page is going to perform because it becomes almost of an afterthought. And so, content marketing is the one of the ways that you create that context. Next, populating websites with blog content is how you end up with 434% more search engine index pages than other business sites that don't publish content. So the big secret to SEO, publish quality content. And then finally, businesses publishing 16 plus posts a month get almost 3.5 times more traffic than businesses publishing zero to four articles. So it's not just publishing content, it's publishing a lot of content. And that's why I sort of push the whole daily the daily publishing, again, something that I learned from Bed Settle with daily emails, just sort of transfer that over to your blog or your YouTube or your podcast. Uh, the more content you can create on a monthly basis, uh, the better. So that's a lot of statistics. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to kind of give you the hard so you can kind of make up your mind, but I, I think it's been fairly proven that content marketing is probably the most effective way uh, for you to get started freelancing. It's how I got started. Uh, you know, I, I grew up a complete nobody. I grew up in a town of 200. I lived in a trailer house. I came from a poor family. I had no big network. I didn't have a bunch of college buddies. I didn't have parents that could help me. So if you're in a similar situation to that, and you're just starting out from complete scratch, scratch content marketing sort of levels the playing field and will allow you to compete right from the very beginning. And then if you do have some of those other things, content marketing will just help you take even more uh, advantage of those things. Now, one thing before i get into the rest of this and start talking about the how i am uh i I have a a course that i've created called content marketing for freelancers where i go into extreme detail with all of this showed you exactly how to create lead magnets and and create your uh, landing pages and your services sales page and and how to write your blog posts the formula i use for writing all my blog posts and on and on and on and just show you exactly how to build out uh the entire funnel so if you're interested in that, you can go to content to clients. So it's content the number two and clients.com. Uh, and you can learn more about that course if that, that interests you. All right. Now with that said, let's go ahead and dive into this. So first I want to talk about the big picture strategy and, and the overall thing that you're trying to do, right? Because a blog doesn't just exist in a vacuum. There's an entire system or funnel that you want to build along with it. And so you may have heard the the phrase or people talk about this idea of traffic leads and sales and and that's a hundred percent true here i'll add a few things onto it in here in just a second but the basic idea is you're going to generate all of this traffic from your blog from social media from youtube from podcasts from wherever places whatever places you want to do that you're going to generate a bunch of traffic and ultimately where you're sending that traffic is to a lead generation page you want to get people to sign up to your email list because when they sign up to your email list, now you can con- contact them over and over and over and over, and you're more likely to convert those people if if you do that properly. If you if you email properly, and we'll talk about that, you, you're more likely to convert those people than if someone just hits your sales page and and they leave. It's a good conversion rate in a lot of uh, markets is two percent, three percent on a sales page. So if 98% of those people are leaving, that's a lot of people that you're just missing out on. Whereas you can get, I've seen 50, 60% conversion rates on email opt-in offers. So it's just a lot more people that you're gonna be able to follow up with and over time sell them on your services. And so that's what you want. So traffic, funneling it all into leads and then through your emails, then you're going to be be selling your services long-term. That's the basic idea for freelancers there's a little bit of an addendum so the the lifeblood sort of the the really the secret to success as a freelancer in a services business is referrals and repeat clients and so that i would add on to the end of sales i would so it would be traffic lead sales repeat clients and referrals. And a lot of that comes down to how you deliver, but it also comes into getting the right people in from the beginning. Because if you get the right people in that are a really good fit for what you do, you have really targeted services, but also fit your personality and they they know more about you, they have more context about you, you're a lot more likely to have a better experience delivering for those clients, which will then lead to referrals and repeat clients. So uh, the content marketing part of this is a is a really big part of what happens on the back end. Okay, so that said, let's let's now get into how to start the blog. So, and I'm going to go from the very, very basics, some of this stuff you may already have, some of this stuff you may already know how to do, but I'm going to cover it just in case Uh, You don't, some of the first things I'll go through a little bit quicker, but the first thing you need is a, a domain name. And one of the big questions that I get with that is what should my domain name be? And what I generally recommend to people, even my family and friends, when they're talking to me about wanting to start a blog and so forth, is unless you have a really good idea or you've already have an established company or established brand, you really should just go with your name. because. Your name is always going to be relevant and always going to make sense. So if you're in doubt at all, just go with your name, uh, and 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 keep it simple. Now again, if you have an idea for a brand or you've got an established company and brand, then fine, uh, go with that. So as an example, I once I I used to have a site called learnphp.com, and the nice thing about a brand like that is it does some pre-selling for you. So when you go to learnphp.com, you kind of know what you're getting into, and so. If you can kind of figure that out when it comes to your freelance services, which is a little bit different than what I do with teaching, uh, then that's great. But if if you really can't figure that out or don't have something that you just know is a home run, just go with your name, keep it simple uh, and go from there. Next is where do I get a domain name? So there, there's a difference between domain names and hosting and we'll talk about hosting in a second. But where you get your domain name is from a domain name registrar. So something like GoDaddy is probably one of the more well-known ones. Uh, SiteGround. There's, Namecheap, I think, is another one that's out there. And basically what these people do is they just sell the domains. Now, some of those companies are going to be just domain name providers. So they're just going to sell you the domain name and that's it. That's not going to be everything that you need to get your site up. And some of those do both the domain name registration, and the hosting, which again, I'll talk about in a second. And so you can get both from from those companies. GoDaddy, again, being being one of those companies that you can do that with. But ultimately, you, just, you need to get a domain name from a registrar. What do I use? I use Google Domains. I actually just recently transferred everything over there. It just sort of fits easily into everything else that I have, uh, almost. <laughs> Google basically owns me. So uh, I just use Google Domains. Uh, and it's pretty simple. I do like the fact that they have uh, you get free private registration with their domains. Their domains are a little bit more expensive, but you get that private uh, uh, that private registration with it. So, anyway, you just need to pick one and 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 get your domains. I'll link to Google dom- domains down below in, in the description here. All right, how do I upload my site to my domain? So you you build a site or you're going to install some software. How do you actually get that to show up when people visit your domain name. And that's what hosting is. So hosting, if you think about it, is essentially, uh, it's a computer where you can upload the files that that make your site show up and work and do all the things that you want it to do that other people can access publicly on the web. And one of the questions that I often get right off the bat is should I host my own website? And my answer to that would be probably not or almost certainly not. In 99.9% of cases, no. And the reason is, is if you, the, the, probably the biggest reason is just the internet. So if you host your own website on your own computer, then people are actually connecting to your computer in your house. And you can do that, but let, you just think about all the times that your internet goes down or you have slow internet. Uh, those people are not going to be able to reach your site or your site's going to load slow. So uh, if you're like me and you live out in the middle of nowhere, like that would be a nightmare. And so these companies, there's hosting companies out there that are set up to sort of take care of all of the this for you. It's usually a pretty low monthly fee. It's not too bad. If you get into more managed services, it gets a little bit higher, um, but uh, yeah, you definitely want to, to go with someone else who that's their job. They have re- redundant backups and connections to the internet so that your site doesn't go down essentially. So that's where you wanna get your hosting. What are some of those companies? Again, GoDaddy's a company that does that, SiteGround, uh, Bluehost is a popular one that's out there. The one that I currently use, I was on SiteGround, but I actually moved to one called Flywheel, and the reason I moved to it is is it's a WordPress managed hosting, and they have some cool tools that that I enjoy, like uh, they have a staging site so you can build uh, a site in staging and then just push it live, which is pretty handy, but they also have Uh, a local app that you can actually install locally on your computer you can do all of your development and coding right in there and then you can push it up to staging and then to live so that's that's really handy again I'll link to them uh, down in the description below if you're interested in learning about them Um, but those are a few that are out there and then in terms of connecting it to your domain it's going to be a little bit different uh, for each one but oftentimes it's what are called name servers so you will go into your your company that has your domain name and they will have a place where you can set domain name servers and then your hosting company will tell you, hey, use these domain name servers. So you take this, you put it into what the, the domain provider has and it'll sort of sync up. Sometimes you have to mess with, like with Flywheel, you know, I have to mess with uh, A records and C names and that sort of stuff, which is a little bit more techie, although it's not too bad. Um, but usually your hosting provider is going to have detailed information on exactly what you need to do to connect it up and and so forth. And so will your your domain provider. And again, if you go with a company that does both, then if you buy the domain and the hosting from the same place, then they'll, they'll do it for you. Okay. Next is actually building your site. So Uh, This may be uh, a little bit controversial among the developers watching this, but my recommendation for building your site is going to be to use WordPress. And Really quickly, let me just cover why I recommend that. So I use WordPress to build all my sites, and the reason that I do that is because if you've done freelancing for any amount of time, you sort of know that your stuff tends to be the thing that you get to last, it kind of gets neglected. Because you're so busy develop uh, or you're delivering for clients and and making them happy and doing that sort of thing, which you should be doing, that should be your primary focus. That your stuff sort of gets neglected a little bit, and so it's just if you if you make it really difficult or where you really have to sit down and do a bunch of coding or a bunch of 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 maneuvering or, or figuring out in order to build your own website, a it may never get done, and b it's just going to get neglected even worse. So I strongly recommend that you use something like WordPress uh, in order to just make things easier. It doesn't have to be WordPress, but that would be what I, I would recommend. And then uh, in terms of installing it, it's really pretty straightforward. All you really have to do is connect it up to uh, a MySQL database. Uh, the the setup for WordPress, you you upload the files to your hosting provider, and then the setup for WordPress will sort of walk you through it. But most hosting providers these days actually have one-click installs for WordPress, so you don't even have to worry about that. You can just go into uh, your cPanel for your hosting provider, and you can do a one-click install of WordPress, and it sets it all up for you. Uh, again, flywheel. What I use, they they have, on the local app that I use, you can spin up a new site locally, and then you can connect it to to uh, a, li- a site that's on sort of your live hosting account. Push to staging, push to live. Uh, And it's all pretty seamless, so it's pretty handy. In terms of learning how to use WordPress from a usage perspective, uh, a site that I would recommend, strongly recommend, probably the number one site out there for WordPress training is wp101.com. Again, I'll link in the description to that. But it's going to walk you through how to use all of the different parts of WordPress plugins, themes, creating pages, posts, all that sort of thing. So uh, that's what I would recommend there. All right. Next is my recommended plugins for WordPress. So there's a few that I have here that I saw on pretty much uh, every site. The big one right off the top is Elementor. And again, this goes back to what I was saying about making things easy is (laughs) Elementor is a visual sort of page builder. You can build posts and so forth, but they even have gone a little bit further now where they go into, uh, you can actually build sort of the header for your site. You can build the footer. You can build the archive page. You can build a single post all in Elementor and then just tell Elementor that's what you want to use for your header and it'll use it across the entire site or on if you want to use it on specific pages and so forth. So you can literally start with a bare bones theme and we'll talk about themes in a second and build everything in Elementor and you don't ever have to touch any code. Uh, and it's it's really super handy. So I use it now for building all my sites because 99.9% of the cases there's just no reason for me to go in and code something from hand by hand when when I don't need to. It's it's right there. And then the very few small cases where I need to write some code, I can do that. But uh, it just makes everything a lot easier. So Elementor is I highly highly recommend you install that another one that i use a lot is custom css and js and so what this allows you to do a lot of times you're going to have facebook pixel and and google you know marketing and all these different pixels that you need to install and so forth and so this custom css and js plugin allows you to do that without having to edit any theme files you can just put it into this plugin it allows you to create new sort of uh new posts or, or or new elements essentially uh, with CSS or JavaScript or HTML uh, that you can place in different parts on your site and so forth. And so it's really handy for for managing all of that stuff without having to hack core theme files. Yoast SEO is another one. It just kind of does all the SEO stuff for you and it does some of the social media stuff uh, that, that you need to do in order to help with SEO. Uh, it's just, you know, it just kind of takes care of that and gives you kind of the basic structure for SEO. So I'd recommend that. Monster Insights. That's probably the the most popular one for connecting to Google Analytics so that you can get, get analytics on uh, the traffic on your site. So you definitely want to have that. Uh, it's a really easy interface for connecting up to uh, Google Analytics. Another one is Wordfrent, WordFence, so it's a security plugin. I mean, I get emails on a daily basis. Of people trying to, you know, do some sort of DDoS, or they're trying to do, um, they're trying to do SQ, uh, SQL injection attacks on my site. Uh, almost every single day, I get this, and Word, Wordfence blocks all of it. Uh, and so it's just a really handy plugin. They, they have a free version, they have a paid version, and it just kind of again takes care of all that stuff, so I don't have to worry about it. And then the last one is Jetpack, which is a little bit of a controversial plugin, but it's got some nice stats and it's got some nice other features in there uh, that, that you can use. I would just go through them and, and use the ones that make sense. It's got like an image CDN and, and, and so forth. So it's a, it's a pretty handy plugin that I install on all my sites. So those are the recommended plugins in, in terms of the themes, you know, when you're working with Elementor and like I said, Elementor can actually do most of it for you. The one I use is Ocean WP uh it's sort of designed to work with elementor it's got some uh nice features into it in, in terms of templating and so forth and it's got a lot of settings that that you can mess with in terms of you know setting your headers and logos and all that sort of thing so it's it's nice in that uh regard and it for a while it was kind of the the main one that was primarily built uh for for elementor but actually the company behind Elementor now has come out with what they call their Hello theme. And this is sort of in response to the fact that you can now do single posts and archives. You can build those in Elementor. So Hello theme is a very basic bones theme. And then the whole idea is that you just build all that stuff in Elementor and the theme is really lightweight uh, and Elementor takes care of everything else. So it's called the Hello theme. So one of those two uh, is what I would recommend for working with uh, Elementor. All right, next is setting up your pages. So the first page that you need to build is you need to build your services page. So your services sales page, whether it's uh, a a lot of times I see a page where it lists several services and a little description about each, which is fine or if you're gonna build a full on sales page for each one, which is what I would recommend. Uh, I would recommend actually both of those. So have a services page that lists all your services and then like a click to learn more and then click over and it's a full sales page where you talk about the services, portfolio related specifically to that services, client testimonials related to those services, et cetera. And I'm gonna do, like this is part of a series that I'm going to keep doing where I talk about how to do all of this stuff in detail. But here I'm just giving you the big picture of, of everything. Um, and so that services sales page is the first thing that you want to build. You always want to start on the back and then move forward. A lot of times what people want to do is they, you say, start a blog and they start thinking about their first blog post. Well, that blog post can't, lead anywhere if you don't have your lead generation set up if you don't have your sales uh services sales page set up you can't point people from your email into that etc so you got to start at the back and then move to the front and the very very back is your services sales page that's where people actually hire you so that's the first thing that you need to build okay and again i'll I'll, i'm going to do more uh videos where i and uh episodes where i talk about this and how to exactly build that page okay next is your email opt-in so you need to have some sort of email opt-in, people to sign up to your email list. Uh, the the big thing with that is creating what's called a lead magnet. So it, it really is what it sounds like, something that attracts a particular type of lead. Uh, and so you wanna find something that's going to appeal to your ideal client. So. Oh, if again, for me offering membership site services, I might say something like the 10 things that every membership site must have, or the top 10 mistakes people make when building membership sites, someone who's building a membership site, that's going to be attractive to them. Uh, it's going to be something that they're going to want, want to learn about. It doesn't have to be super over the top Epic. It can be just sort of regular, normal, just, just something, uh, uh, kind of standard and it's your content marketing pointing them to that that lead magnet that's ultimately going to uh, be what's important. Now, the one thing about the lead magnet, and again, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna do videos on all this stuff, but the one thing about the lead magnet is that it not only needs to educate your client, right? And it, it be something that when they sign up to your email list and they consume it, it's valuable, but also needs to pre-sell your services. And so there's a little bit of an art to doing that, of writing in a way that's valuable, but also pre-sells your services and sets those people up to be primed in order to, to uh, hire you for, for, for your services. So there's an art to that, and I'll talk about that more when I get to, to that video. Next is your homepage. Now, sometimes, depending on what you do, and I've had this, I've had this before with certain sites, your homepage is your services sales page. OK, so if you have one sort of main service like I did, I did membership sites and then I just had a little bit of variations of what kind of membership site, then I just made it my home page um, and, and that works. Or you can make your email opt in and your lead magnet your home page. But a lot of times what you see with with homepages is they are you may have the 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 email opt in at the top and then you'll have an about and you'll have a portfolio and so forth. But. Um, so there's there's different ways you can do that and again we'll talk about that when I get to to that specific video but your your homepage uh is just another page that you you have to have built and there's a couple of different ways you can do it. About about is really where you really want to sort of dig into context and and the personal sort of context around you, you know, who you are, how you where you grew up, how you grew up, family, you know, uh, experience, education in the back, all that sort of stuff. That's what you want to do uh, on your about page, and really create as much context as you can, and then tie that into at the end them hiring. Like your your about page can subtly be one of your best sales pages because uh, people are sort of when they go to a sales page they're on guard. When they go to about page, they don't think of it as a sales page. And if you build it right where you're not just overly hitting them with with uh, hiring you, but you're really going into your history and talking about you and you're doing some social proof and, and that sort of thing. And then you subtly at the end, like you can go here to hire me for your services. It can actually be really, really effective. Contact, so I like with with my contact forms for freelancing, I really like to keep it simple. I've seen contact forms and, and quote request forms where they ask for all of this information. And if you start getting a lot of people that are filling out your form and contacting you to where you just can't go through them all, then fine. That makes sense. Make the barrier to entry a little bit higher. Uh, so that you kind of filter out people that really aren't a good fit for what you do so that can make sense but if you're you're just starting off and you're not getting that you want to keep it really simple because you want people to contact you 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 want to start having that interaction via email and a lot of times you'll then maybe your services sales page doesn't get them all the way but then they start chatting with you and it's not as sort of formal and you're a little more relaxed and, and then you actually are able to to make the sale. so you want people as much as possible to just get in contact with you and then you can kind of massage through everything uh, from there. And there are a lot more, if someone reads a sales page and you make a claim about yourself, they're less likely to believe it than if you say the exact same thing in an email. It's weird, but that's how people are. So if you can just get them to email you, a lot of times that can be really effective. And then, of course, uh, the last page uh, in terms of the primary pages, there can be other pages, but these are kind of the primary ones, is your blog page. Again, that could be your home page. So there's lots of options for how your what your home page could be. But the blog page is essentially just going to list in sort of chronological or reverse chronological order your latest blog posts. Okay, so that is all of the setup of your website, right? Everything around the blog post to get you set up, which is critical. It's important that you don't just go start blogging. Okay, Uh, because if you just go start blogging, which might be your impulse, there's nothing for them to go to to hire you. You gotta build all of that out first. You gotta set up the foundation, uh, your home base as I've heard people call it, and then you can start blogging and the rest of this will now uh, make sense and everything will sort of fill in. Okay, but now we're at the point where you can write your first blog post. So when it comes to your first blog post, then what I would recommend that you write is, and it's really doesn't matter what, what sort of freelance services you offer, okay? This is a good first blog post for any service. And that is the top X mistakes people make when hiring whatever you do. So um, I, I might do the top 10 mistakes membership site owners make when hiring a developer, okay? Or the top 10 mistakes membership site owners make when hiring a content creator or a writer. Whatever it is that, that you do for these particular group of people, the top X mistakes, it could be seven, it could be five, whatever. Okay. The reason it is, is because that's it's a hard thing for someone, uh, if someone's building a membership site and they see something that says the, the top five mistakes and I have any sort of clout with them at all, if they know me from anything, if they watch the video and they even just liked it a little bit and then they see I have this PDF document or this video where I go through the top mistakes people make when hiring you know something like if they're considering hiring that person a person like that at all it's really really difficult for them to not at least consume it so it's a really good way to attract uh the kind of people that would be likely to hire you and the other thing is is it has a natural pre-filter to it okay because if you're not considering about hiring again for my case a developer to build you a membership site there's no reason for you to read it but if you are it's really hard not to Okay. So it just is a perfect way to, to attract the exact kind of people that you need. And then it also is a really good way for you to pre-sell your services. So what I'm getting at is it's one of the, the reason I recommend this is the first post is it really sort of, it's the easy, one of the easiest ways for you to do everything that you need to do when it comes to blogging, attract the right people, repel the right people. And then, pre-sell your services and get people to really sort of trust you and and be be heavily considering hiring you. So it's really great for that. Now in terms of the format, first you need to you need to figure out what those mistakes are, right? And so you need to just kind of sit down and think about okay, you know, I if you've worked with clients and you've sort of seen some of this stuff, you should be able to come up with this pretty pretty easily if not just sit down and sort of think through like okay if i were hiring a writer to write articles for my membership site or if i were you know hiring a graphic designer uh and to 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 build me a logo then you know what are some mistakes that those people might make or if you're brand new to this talk, try and find someone who who is a designer or a, who's who's done what you've done and ask them what are the big mistakes that people make whether it's a friend of yours, whether it's someone online, maybe you can tweet somebody. Just try to get the information and figure out what that is first. Okay. Then, when you actually sit down to create this this post, you want to start off by by telling some sort of story that shows that you can relate. Okay. So, again, for me as an example, uh, when it comes to to membership sites, you no, know, I I there was a particular client that I worked with that you know, one of the big mistakes that they made and it took ended up taking us forever to get the site done is like they were trying to create this really convoluted system for delivering uh, their content. And it, it, it just became like, it was like really structured architecture in terms of categories, subcategories, sub-subcategories, right? And, it, it, and then there was like 50, some courses that they were trying to put in there and it was just really difficult and convoluted and it made taking build that uh, made build, building that site take a lot longer and I, uh, I don't know this but I would imagine a lot more confusing uh to the people that were actually using that site so that would be a mistake trying to make this really complicated sort of sophisticated system that confuses everybody <laughs> and is really difficult for your developer uh, to build. So I could tell that story as a way to show that I can kind of relate to this, All right? And then you want to go, so some story showing that you can relate to the mistakes or the problem, okay? And then how you discovered the right way uh, to do it. So what what happened where you figured out, okay, this is wrong and this is right. So what's the story behind that? You always want to lead with a story Stories are just sort of naturally engaging to people. They sort of suck people in. And stories are going to do most of the selling for you because they're how you actually engage with people. All right? once you've told the story, then you want to go with the actual tips. So what are these mistakes? You know, just sort of list them out and why and et cetera. And then, and and honestly, that might be the shortest part of this whole thing, okay? Because it's not really the info that's going to sell them This is to sell your services, it's not the info, it's the context, okay? So it's the story, it's the the whole lead up and everything. And then you give them the tips, right? The the, the mistakes and how to solve them and so forth as concisely as possible. You do not wanna get bogged down in that information because people will get bored, okay? So you want them to be able to get through that as quick as possible. And then you transition into your selling, transition into how you fit these criteria. So this is why this is a really good post for pre-selling your services, because you're saying, these are the mistakes that people make when hiring someone like me. What you're doing is you're essentially setting up criteria for them to evaluate a a freelancer that offers those services. So you are establishing the criteria, and then you're going to come back through and say, now here's how I meet all these criteria. Okay? So... Uh, it's a really good, great way to pre-sell your services. So after you say, these are the mistakes, then you go through and you say, these are how I for, uh, fit the criteria. And then you just go into, uh, you just give them a, a little link where they can learn more about hiring you. Don't hard sell them. Just talk about how you fit the criteria. Or, you know, and, and, and an easy sort of formula for for doing that is start off with that's why. So you can say, that's why I whenever I work with a client, I always sit down and help them develop a content strategy. Uh, and we talk about all this stuff up front so we can have a good idea of how to create a clean, simple, concise content strategy that doesn't confuse uh, members, doesn't overwhelm members. And I leverage all of the experience that I've, I've had working on sites for Michael High and Neek Magazine, and blah, 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 right? That's why is a really good way to, to start that off and, and show how you meet those criteria, okay? And then again, a link to just where to hire you. All right, so that's your first blog post. Uh, and then from there, you know, it's just sort of following up and, you want you, and, and creating regular content, and you really want to uh, focus on creating content that is relevant to the people that are most likely to become your clients. This is one of the, you really gotta think that through, because you, let's say you're a developer, Right, your natural instinct might be, and you're building membership sites for people like I do. Your natural instinct might be to start talking about all the technical parts of building a membership site. Well, the kind of person that's going to hire you probably doesn't care about any of that. Instead, what they care about is, well, how do I increase retention in a membership site, or you know, how do I how do I create content that is engaging that that my members want to consume, or how do I uh, build a forum that actually gets engagement? Right. None of those things have anything to do. Those, those are not technical things. Those are all sort of business and marketing and content creation things that they're going to be interested in. So if you start creating that kind of content, that's going to attract those people. And then now you can sit down and, and you can sell your services off of the back of that. Okay. So that's the kind of content that you want to uh, create. And if you, if you follow this same criteria of story, then the lesson, and then the transition into your pitch, that sort of basic formula, you're not going to be great at it at first. It's going to take a little bit to to get used to, but you'll eventually sort of get it down and you'll get really good at it. And more importantly, it doesn't have to be perfect uh, because a lot of freelancers don't do this. And so you're going to just stand out and you're going to get people to hire you because they'll appreciate the fact that you're even trying. So All right, so that's writing blog posts and then finally uh, we get to promoting your stuff because if nobody sees your content, it doesn't really matter how great it is. And so one of the things that that, uh, I do quite a bit that has worked really well for me that I don't necessarily always see people doing is repurposing content. And so I may take a blog post that I write and I'll record a, a video on it and then I'll take that video and I'll upload that video to YouTube. So now I have a blog post, I have a video on YouTube, then I'll rip the audio and I'll put that over on my podcast. This video right here, this record, this episode right here is gonna be doing that exact thing. It's gonna be a video on YouTube, it's gonna be a podcast episode on my podcast. I'm also gonna create a blog post with notes and the video posted there. So now I've got three pieces of content. Okay, so repurposing content is a a really big one. Of course you wanna share, links to stuff on social media platforms links primarily i would stick to twitter and say linkedin um they don't they don't perform near as well on facebook pages and and some of these uh other places so twitter and linkedin primarily for uh uh facebook and instagram in particular like your facebook page i really I go back and forth on this. You could take your blog post and post it there, or you can take the video and upload uh, the video there if you create a video to to go along with it. Um, But native content is really important uh, on Facebook. If you go to my Facebook page, I don't always do it um, just because I'm, frankly, I'm just lazy sometimes. But uh, native is is always a little bit, uh, is always going to be better there. Links don't perform near as well uh, on Facebook pages. And then... Uh, another thing that you can do is you can, when you create this piece of content and you've created this video, you can also create a short video that you say, post to Instagram or to Facebook where you say, Hey, I just created this video in it. I talk about this, this, and this, uh, if you want to learn, you know, watch the full video, go to blah, blah, blah. So you actually record a whole new video and you can maybe just do this on your phone and telling people about the con, the full content that you, uh, just created on, your blog or on youtube or whatever and you can share that to instagram your facebook page you can then share that on your stories on uh instagram and you get a lot more traction uh out of that another thing that you can do is that you can take your content and you can repost it so i always uh, all my blog posts get reposted over on medium so and i get a decent amount of of views over on medium that i wouldn't get if i weren't if i wasn't posting it there so it's just a network another network that i can tap into or you can do it on relevant sites to your particular niche so for me my audience is developers there's a site called dev.2 that uh i haven't yet but i'm going to because i just found this site i'm going to begin uh posting reposting my content over there and so that's a site that's relevant uh to, to my niche that I can then repost content and you can tap into those networks, uh, that are built and get those people again, ultimately you're always, you're, you're at the end of all this content, you're, uh, pointing people to your lead magnet. So when you create a a new video or a new blog post at the end of it, you're going to be saying, if you want to learn about the top 10 mistakes, uh, membership site owners make when hiring a developer, you can go to blah, blah, blah blah.com and, and learn more about that or download that or whatever, so you're always pointing people back to your lead magnet so all the traffic and we talked about at the beginning traffic lead sales this is the nitty and gritty of how you do it. you got a video on YouTube you got a blog post on medium you got a blog post on uh, your site you got a video on uh, Facebook you got uh, an Instagram story that posts to that points to your YouTube video, etc like it's all pointing back to ultimately this lead magnet and then you're gonna do uh, you're selling from there so this was a really hot and heavy sort of big overview of everything I, I really wanted to try to give you the big picture idea here going forward from here like I said I'm going to be diving into the details of more of this of writing your blog post creating your lead magnets uh, all that sort of thing so uh, stick around if you're not subscribed wherever you happen to be seeing this ad or listening to this ad if you're not subscribed be sure and do that if you want to make sure. Uh, and, and be notified when those new uh, episodes come out. And like I said at the beginning, if you want to learn more about my full content marketing course where I dive into like every little nitty-gritty detail and do screencasts, and I'm, I'm going to give you uh, a number of different documents in terms of of actually creating lead magnets and actually creating an email uh, follow-up sequence that when someone subscribes to your email list, what your emails sh- should say so that you can... Uh, sell them on your services, and how to do all of that, all of the nitty-gritty detail on that, screencasts, uh, examples, etc. Like I said, uh, my new course, uh, content to to clients. So content, the number two, and clients.com. You can learn more about that. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you liked the episode, I'd appreciate if you hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't, and we'll talk to you next time.